You're listening to ESPN 100.3 FM, KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Hello, sports fans. Well, hello there. Local sports, national sports. The GCAT has got you covered. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Time to tee it up and let it fly. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Did you watch Monday Night Football yesterday? He did. Saw the Patriots win. You also saw something that is kind of remarkable. 14 to 10 was your final as the Patriots beat the Bills. New England now 9 and 4. Buffalo 7 and 5. The remarkable aspect of it. Mac Jones, starting quarterback for the New England Patriots. Did you see this? Two for three, 19 yards. That's it. Up until, like, I want to say the last series in the fourth quarter, if not the second to last, he had one pass attempt. One. In the fourth quarter, he was one for one. I'm not even kidding you. Like, that's real. Total number of yards passing for the New England Patriots last night, 19. They rushed for 222 yards. Damian Harris, 10 carries, 111 yards. As they were content to just run on the clock and play some defense against the Bills. Josh Allen, 15 of 30. Had a TD, 145 yards. He also rushed six times for 39. I'm just, I'm just, that's incredible. Like in today's day and age of any level, high school, college, or NFL, two completions. <laughs> That's crazy. They won. The good old Bill. They've won seven in a row now. They're uh, on top of the AFC. Anyway, what's up, everybody? It's Gus Cattengill with you, and it is the sports hangover. A practice day for your New Orleans Pelicans. We should have some fresh post-practice sound coming up later this afternoon. Tomorrow, we'll take on... The Denver Nuggets will wait to see if Willie Green will update us on the very latest on Zion. I remember a week ago, it was soreness in the foot in which he had a surgery done to repair something that he hurt. And they were ramping down for a week before they brought him back to basically, I guess, where he was to see how he felt. So I don't know if we we're going to get an update or not, but... I'm assuming after practice today at some point, that probably will come up. Tomorrow they take on the Nuggets. We've got four tickets to that game. We'll give away either today or tomorrow. Well, depends how uh, how Jordan feels about that. I'll give you some questions of the day here as well. Some LSU football news that just posted per Ross Dellinger a few minutes ago. So 21 minutes ago, Ross Dellinger, Sports Illustrated, McNeese coach Frank Wilson resigned. It was a move that stunned many in Lake Charles. He tweets, a longtime LSU assistant. Wilson should be a hot commodity for Power 5 assistant gigs if he should want one. Interesting, he tweeted that. Nine minutes ago, Frank Wilson is finalizing a deal to join the LSU staff. Sources tell Sports Illustrated. So, Frank Wilson looks like he is back as a Tiger. And, of course, you think of that name. It's synonymous with recruiting, things of that nature. We'll speak with... Um, Eric Alexander, LSU game day, joins us on Tuesdays to talk a little bit about his thoughts on the Kelly hire. The rest of the staff starting to come, kind of, kind of come together 
and, and who will be OC, who will be DC, things of that nature. Some guys did come, apparently. Not everybody hates them over at um, <laughs> in Notre Dame as Brian Carroll is set to add three key assistants. So we'll get into that here uh, as well as he continues to sort of round out his staff a little bit. And Bruce Feldman reported that Notre Dame special teams coordinator Brian Polian is expected to join Brian Kelly's staff at LSU. Polian has SEC coaching experience from his time as a special teams coordinator for Texas A&M. So that's one position. Brody Miller tweeted, we had him on yesterday, that he's expected to hire Notre Dame coordinator of strength and conditioning, Jacob Flint, to run the department at LSU. Remember over the weekend, and we talked about it with Brody yesterday, a lot of players coming out in support of Tommy Moffitt as he was let go, 21 years on the job. Now, Brody adds that Flint's played for Kelly at Central Michigan and has worked for him at Cincy and Notre Dame. So that's a strength and conditioning coach that Ryan Kelly trusts, believes in, and feels gets his guys ready to play, right? You look at it from that perspective. Brody also adding, around 10 o'clock this morning, uh, Xavier Gooden, an assistant football sports performance coach at USC and former Missouri linebacker, is expected to be a strength coach on Flit's staff as well. So, again, Gooden also, by the way, interned at Notre Dame in the spring of 2018. So, kind of surrounding yourself with some familiar folks. And, again, the big, I guess, key addition there, I think, is uh, Frank Wilson. And... We'll see and wait to see who the offensive and defensive coordinators will be. So that's what's happening up in Baton Rouge with LSU. <sighs> another day, another sigh when it comes to your New Orleans Saints. And I think you know where I'm going with this. As yesterday, not so good news came out about your New Orleans Saints and the old transaction wire. You know, when the teams have to report what's going on with them. Did you see? The old transaction wire yesterday. And when it came to your New Orleans Saints, the team will be without two players. First off, Damian um, Harris is going to be gone for three games as it stems from the DUI situation and arrest in July. So he will miss Deontay, sorry. Deontay Harris, Damian. Think of Damian Harris from uh, the Patriots. So the Saints will be without him as he has been suspended by the NFL for three games stemming from the July DWI arrest. So he's going to miss the Jets, the Bucks, the Dolphins. Oh, by the way, he's the Saints' leading receiver right now. He's gone. Then on the transaction wire, you see that Saints defensive end Cam Jordan has te- tested positive yesterday. For COVID. So here's the thing with him. He's vaccinated. So he could play Sunday against the Jets if he returns to negative tests before then. So when did he get it? How can he get the the two tests in before the game? And then how is he going to feel if he has it or not? By the way, he has a 172-game streak that's in jeopardy as well. We'll speak with Amy Just of the Times Picayune and NOLA.com 
next segment about the latest the Saints have to deal with. I don't know. I Look, it, it just is what it is, I guess. I don't know. Also, defensive tackle Malcolm Roach designated for return from IR. So at least the Saints are getting a player, but they lose Deontay Harris for three games. And Cam Jordan has been placed on the COVID list. Let's see if he can get back in time for that Jets game. So when you take a look at the Saints and you see what's coming up here in the future, at the Jets, at the Bucks, host the Dolphins, host the Panthers, at the Falcons. That's it. That's that's all that's left in the season. After yesterday's, last night's Monday Night Football game, Week 13 is now in the books. So let's take a look at those standings in Week 13. And in the division, it, it's it's hard to look at, but... You know, the Saints are last. What are you talking about, Gus? Well, other than the Bucks, who were at first and five and three, the Panthers are five and seven. They beat the Saints. There's your head to head there. The Falcons beat the Saints. So there's your head to head there. And they're the Saints. Panthers, Falcons, Saints, all at five and seven. And you can just really sort of see how that division's sort of going here. Bucks have won three in a row. Panthers have lost two in a row. Falcons lost this past weekend. Saints have lost five in a row. So for a quick sec, the uh, division looks strong at the beginning of the season, but yeah, there you go right now, right? When you take a look at the standings overall, and I, I'm just doing this just to do it. Team's got a long way to go before I think they, they can be a playoff team, but when you look at the record, they're not too far. It's like Mike Triplett was saying yesterday. So your Cardinals are the top seed in the NFC. They are 10 and 2. Second spot's the Green Bay Packers, 9 and 3. Currently third at 9 and 3, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Dallas leads the East, so that's your fourth division leader. That is 8 and 4 on the year. Below them in the fifth spot, the Rams 8 and 4. In the sixth spot, the Washington football team at 6 and 6. San Francisco in the seventh spot is six and six. Here's the issue with the Saints. Philly, six and seven, above them. Vikings five and seven. Panthers five and seven. Falcons five and seven. There you're Saints. So the Eagles have beat the Saints. They gotta jump them. They can't finish the same record. Panthers right now have the edge on the Saints. Falcons right now have the edge on the Saints. Last two games of the year, the Panthers and the Falcons, you could split that theoretically and go get that. So you have to at least get those two teams. I'm just trying to think, and I was thinking driving in today, realistically of the Jets, Bucks, Dolphins, Panthers, and Falcons game, the final five here, how many of those five do you think the Saints need to win? And I dare say how many you think they can win. I just honestly right now I'm at the point when I look at this team, I, I, I can't pencil in a win. Can you? Like, realistically, can you pencil in a win? I mean, they're facing the Jets, and I played it yesterday. They're an absolute disaster. You have C.J. Mosley, their linebacker, saying, you know, no one respects us. Teams look forward to playing us. Which, again, yeah, their head coach after the game mentioning that. The national media yesterday was like, well, then do something about it. And, of course, that leads into, of course, the Saints game on Sunday. <laughs> I would expect a uh, 
a Jets team at least in that first quarter to try to show a little fight. So I'd be ready. But realistically, how many of the five games remaining do you think the Saints can win? I just, I I don't know. Maybe it's that um, that pessimist in me, <laughs> like I was mentioning, and I threw Graf under the bus saying that he's probably thinking it too, right? I mean, I'd like to think Sunday can be a win. But it's starting to feel more and more like it's here we go, right? I like to think. I'd like to think. But your leading receivers now suspended three games. I'd like to think. I'm assuming maybe Alvin Kamara, since he was limited last week, might be ready for this week. How about I put it this way when I ask you the question, if you think out of the next five, can they win three? I thought ten got you in. Saints are going to be fighting to get eight. Right? Can they get to eight wins of the five? I mean, having played the Panthers and Falcons and seen them, I think the Saints can beat them if they get some of their players back. So Harris will be back for the final two, Panthers and Falcons. That'll help. I'm assuming that Alvin Kamara will be back by then. I'm hoping he's back this week. I'm hoping he's back for sure against the Bucks. Hopefully, you'll have your two starting tackles back. That's why tomorrow's injury reports could be key. Again, it's Tuesday. It's an off day. So we don't have an injury report or anything. But getting your two starting tackles back would help. Getting Alvin Kamara back will help. If Cam Jordan misses this week because of COVID-19, you're assuming he's back against the Bucs. Although, again, this season has sort of shown, quite honestly, I, I could see this being his last season. Whether by choice or not with the Saints, huh? Dolphins will be an interesting game. I think the Saints can beat the Panthers and Falcons if they play well. And have their players. I just, again, that's just where I'm at right now. When I see this team and the players on their roster, I'm having trouble saying the Saints can win this game because. Or, sure, the Saints are winning this game. I just, I, I, I mean, your starting quarterback has a issue with his foot and mallet finger. That's your starter Sunday. <laughs> it's, it's rough. It is rough. And maybe one of the things I can help you when eventually it goes live, get a little, little Christmas cheer, a little side money in your pocket. DraftKings Sportsbook is an app that you should go ahead and go download. And once you do put in the code LaRose, when you do, hundreds of dollars, no, $100 in free bets to maybe lead you to hundreds of dollars. Um, and it's all just for signing up. No deposit required. Sign up. Put in the code LaRose. $100 in free bets just for signing up. The app is DraftKings Sportsbook. The code is LaRose. And the goodies is $100 in free bets will be waiting for you once you sign up. Amy Just with the Picayune and Advocate next on ESPN New Orleans.
betting is coming to Louisiana, and there's no better place to get in on the action than on FanDuel Sportsbook. To celebrate, we're giving you $100 in free site credit when you register early. That's right. Register and verify now, and you'll receive a free $100 bonus when we're live. FanDuel Sportsbook is safe, secure, and 100% legal and regulated. The app is easy to use. They're always hooking you up with great offers. And when you win, you'll get paid in as little as two hours. So see for yourself why FanDuel is America's number one sports book. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and register now to get $100 in free site credit. Must be 21 plus and present in Louisiana. Bonus issued and non-withdrawable site credit that expires seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Louisiana. Go live date. Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. Hey, hey, my friends. It's Dana DeFran Freelo here. Just wanted to reach out to you. That I and Golden Motors are here and ready to help you take care of you and your family's vehicle needs. We have new inventory arriving daily. Check us out 24-7 at goldenmotors.com. Give us a call at 985-325-1000 or stop by and let myself or one of our awesome team members take care of you and get one less worry off your shoulders. Always remember, price is priority. Welcome back. We've missed you. We know it's been tough. Because rebuilding your business isn't for the faint of heart. Your business needs a jump start. And we're here to help. Introducing Surge, symmetrical speed fiber internet for retail business. Revved up data speeds at 30% off, plus three months free. We're glad you're back. And we're here to make your business surge. Etel Business. Offer valid on three-year contract for two or more business services. He's back. He's like the thing that wouldn't shut up. He's got his own catchphrase. He's the best invention since they started frosting Pop-Tarts. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. A-M-I-E underscore just is the way to follow Miss Amy just over on Twitter. Covers your New Orleans Saints for the Advocate and Picayune. Amy, good afternoon to you. How are you? I'm good. Um, it's been an eventful start to the week, and the Saints haven't even started practice yet. So, no, everything's haven't. fine. <laughs> What's that gif with that dog? Right, and then like the the room behind him is on fire, and he says everything is fine. It's kind of it's kind of what a feel it is to be a Saints fan right now. I, I mean, really. Um, so you lose your starting receiver in Harris for three days, and the suspension stemming from that DWI arrest in July, and. Cam Jordan can come back. He needs to submit two negative tests, though, but he tested positive for COVID-19. So, Amy, all of a sudden that Jets game got harder. Yeah, yeah. So, (laughs) everyone knew the Harris thing was coming. It was just a matter of time. You know, I'm told that they knew that he was going to be suspended the whole time, put in an appeal because – why wouldn't you appeal it to delay the process, especially when the Saints are so hurt right now on offense? Um, the hope is that hopefully Alvin Kamara and some of the other offensive, like the major offensive players can come back this week um, and help things out with Harris out for the next three weeks. He gets to come back in week 17, which feels like a millennia from now. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, so that's that's what happened. Um, knew it was going to happen. Cam Jordan, on the other hand, that was a very big surprise. Um, I'm told that Cam has 
no symptoms. He's fully vaccinated. He mm-hmm. tested positive yesterday. So that gives him through the week to return two negative tests. If he does, he can play. Um, but it definitely puts his, you know, NFL leading streak of, you know, 172 mm-hmm. games in jeopardy, right? Will he get that 173rd? I don't know. He's never missed a game for any reason. Ever. This would be the worst way for it to end. He feels (laughs) fine, I'm told. Like, Mm -hmm. he feels absolutely fine, um, but tested positive. I do know that uh, I think LeBron's positive was a false positive so maybe that happened here we'll know more in the next couple of days but vaccinated people have been testing positive like the coaches did in week two like i did in week two Mm -hmm. like it just it just happens and it's unfortunate that you know cam might have to miss a game because of it um but the plus side is that he feels okay so yeah Amy, what do you think of Cam Jordan's season so far? It's not what he wants, and he'll admit that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's been a sack and a half away of hitting 100 uh, for his career for the last several weeks. Um, you know, you can read into him getting double teamed and chipped and all of that, but he's been getting double teamed and chipped his entire career. Exactly. So, I... Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it helps that the ends on the other side, whether that be Marcus Davenport or Tano Pazigno or Peyton Turner, have been hurt off and on all season either. Um, I think that when a well-oiled machine is at its best, everyone is at its best. And when one part struggles, it's a domino effect. And I think we're seeing some of that, but I'm not ready to say that Cam has lost a step, maybe a half a step. Mm-hmm. I'd be okay with, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure um, what to make of it, but it's definitely not what he wants it to be. Yeah, that's what I was asking you. Is Father Time sort of catching up? And obviously, I think you would probably agree as well. I think the NFL Network probably has a contract waiting for him. I think he's going to be great, right, being an analyst mm-hmm. and doing that. I think he seems to like that as well. And I, I'm, I don't know, has he hinted this year that, you know, that's something that he's thinking about, when, you know, post-football and things like that? I just wonder, like, if this could be his last season one way, shape, or form, whether it's because of the contract, Amy, and, and the team maybe trying to – move on with that because of the plague. I mean, they, they did it with Thomas to an extent. Uh, I mean, could, could or to your point, which is a valid point, it, it's remarkable that the other three defensive ends that have gotten the most time on the other side literally have missed games because of not being healthy. So that's not good. You know, it's just, it's going to be an interesting offseason decision, I think, for the Saints. Or, or am I wrong with that? Yeah, I um I don't think he's done. Um but we'll see. Um whatever comes next, whether if that's another season, two more seasons, no more seasons, I'm with you and think that he's got 
a pretty good career lined up in broadcasting. Um, Mm -hmm. During the um, incredibly short, uh, what was that? What was the AAF? Yeah, it was the AAF. He did, like, sideline reporting for them. So I feel like it could be a thing. And he's, like, testing the waters and getting into it. And then he obviously has a successful podcast with Mark Ingram. So he's definitely uh, familiar with how things work on the other side. All right, so that's uh, the the latest when it comes to the news. Oh, by the way, Amy, the starting quarterback on Sunday uh, has a hurt foot and now mallet finger. (laughs) Thursday. Uh, how, yeah, how, Thursday. Game was on Thursday. Uh huh. Thank you. Yeah. How is uh how how is Taysom Hill? You think? <laughs> I mean, from the sounds of it, it sounds like he's going to play through it. Sounds like it wasn't as severe as Russell Wilson's uh, mallet finger from earlier in this season. Um, can't say I'd ever heard of mallet finger before Russ got hurt, and now it's happened twice um, in a season. Wild how that works. Um, yeah, he uh, seems that the foot felt okay after, you know, Taysom ran for over 100 yards last week. Um, so that's good. But, yeah, he's he might still be listed on the injury report with a hand foot. And it's what, other, what, what else can happen with this team? Like, mm-hmm. obviously a lot, right? But it just – the hits just keep on coming, and Taysom's going to play through it. If he can, if he can't, I think it'll be Trevor. Um, I just, I don't think Ian Book is ready. And that's okay. Aaron, I was going to ask you Aaron real didn't quick, play. What, yeah. Mahomes didn't play. Tony Romo didn't play. Like, just because one rookie in Max Jones is having some success as a rookie, a couple of rookie quarterbacks last year, Joe Burrow with an A1, that doesn't mean that's the path for everyone. Mm-hmm. And just because he's not ready now doesn't mean that he won't be ready in the future. You have to remember, he's not taking reps with like the first team or second team offense right now. He's the scout team quarterback. So it's very different. Um, and uh, I think his time will come, but it's not yet. And that is totally okay. Though I know Saints fans want answers. Um, after the last five weeks, but I don't think Ian Book is the right answer right now. Well, Amy, that's what I was going to ask you. I mean, look, I, one thing that will help Trevor, Taysom, you, me, if we were quarterbacking, is getting your starting tackles back, is getting Alvin Kamara yeah. back. I mean, I just like, you know, that's, I, I'm with you. It's like, I, I'd like to see what Ian can do. Next preseason, when we give him some time and see how he does it. Because if you were to throw in a rookie quarterback with, again, not your starting tackles, not your that receiving core, not your best running back, and I know Mark is doing well, but it's not Kamara. Good luck. I mean, what, what do you want him to do? What would you expect him to do? So, I, I don't know, man. I just I, We got to get some guys back, right? If you're the Saints fans, you got to be sitting at some point. Is it good that last week Kamara was at least limited and you saw Ramchek getting on and off the, the injury report? Like, could maybe we see both tackles back Sunday along with Alvin? I mean, you want good news there. Um, I haven't heard anything yet, which doesn't always mean a bad thing, right? Um, we'll know more 
for sure Wednesday and as the week progresses. If they're at practice, that's a good sign, even if it's in a limited limited capacity. But we do have to remember that Ryan Ramshag practice on the equivalent of what was last Wednesday ahead of Thursday game um, and then didn't practice for the rest of the week. So you can be optimistic, but cautiously optimistic. Um, and then, you know, Alvin was limited all week at practice this week, but didn't play. So, um, or last week, I don't know what day it is anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, you have to feel that the extra days, the mini buy here has to help someone get back this week against the Jets. Um, this is a must win game. I know we've said that the last few weeks. But <laughs> yeah. Th- th- if you lose to the Jets, I don't even know how to finish that sentence. I do. Um, I already got a text just now from somebody about a half hour ago. If you lose to the Jets, it's Ian Book time. That's <laughs> I literally got that in about. I don't. I don't think so. I just <laughs> I, the last thing you want to do is put Ian Book out there one before he's ready, and two without the tackles and without Camara. Like mm-hmm. that's not that's not setting him up for success, <laughs> and you. You can't no, I'm sorry. Okay. It, I just maybe once the Saints are completely out of, you know, the playoff picture and they get Tehran and Ryan back and maybe Kamara, then maybe. But I just I don't think it's time. It's he hasn't practiced like Taysom and Trevor have these last mm-hmm. few weeks. He's a scout team quarterback. He's not focused on you know, the opposing defense, he's, you know, pretending to be Dak Prescott and insert opposing quarterback here. That's been his role, and that's okay. That is the role that the fourth-string quarterback or third-string quarterback, depending on the team, is supposed to play. That's an important job. Um, So, yeah, I don't think it's time yet. Um, It might be before the end of the season, but there's a lot of question marks there, and that aren't fully dependent on books about the health of the rest of the team too final thing for you as we wrap up with amy just covers the saints for the picky and advocate here um what do you expect sunday i don't know yeah that's that's literally what i said at the opening of the show i i don't it's our question of the day like it the question of the day is of the next and remaining five games how many do you think the saints can or will win and i honestly don't know how to answer that like I honestly can't because I don't know who's healthy. I know you're out your top yeah. receiver for three games, and the Saints currently constructed it. It's a challenge to get first downs. I I just I can't say three or five, four or five, no. two. I I can't. Can you? I don't. I don't know. I really yeah. don't. Mm-hmm. Like normally, I can get a a grasp of like last week. I was like, oh, yeah, they're not beating the Cowboys. There's just no way. Um, but this, obviously the Jets aren't the Cowboys, right? Um, yeah. But I just, potentially not having Cam, definitely not having Deontay. Who knows how healthy Taysom's finger truly is. Like, okay, you can play with it, but is that affecting the trajectory of your throws? Like, how is he going to be able to compensate for that? Like, you can't relearn a new technique in a week to perfection, right? So, and plus it's his middle finger. That's the last finger that touches the ball. 
when yeah. you release. So I don't know. I do not know. And I, yeah, I'm hopeful that they can end the streak this week. But if they continue to keep getting bad news, like, I, I don't know. I really don't. And I know that's not the optimism that people want. Right. But optimism is not my job. So I would like that it, if it was. <laughs> Because it's more fun to cover a winning team. Yeah, I'd kind of give anything back to be going going back in the day, right? Remember Packers win, beat the Patriots, beat Washington. Oh, my goodness. It really is incredible. Thank you, Amy. Appreciate the time as always. It's a different team. Yeah, no, exactly. It is. It is a completely different team. You're absolutely right. Go give Amy a follow over on Twitter at Amy underscore just. She joins us on Tuesdays, hopefully. We'll have better conversations next Tuesday. Thank you, Amy. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. Safe travels over to New York. Uh, Jimmy from Gretna, I see you. I'm going to come to you right out of the break. It's the sports hangover on your home for Pelicans basketball, ESPN New Orleans. For more than two decades, Reed's Metals has been providing metal roofing, steel buildings, and all the accessories for customers to buy direct and save. Reed's Metals specializes in on-job, sight-standing seam in over 20 colors, plus 26 and 29 gauge AZ50 and AZ55 Gavalume, backed by a 45-year written paint warranty and a 25-year warranty on acrylic-coated Gavalume. Buy direct and save Reed's Metals, located at 19 East Lincoln Drive, Northeast Brookhaven, or call 601-823-6516, online at reedsmetals.com. Offshore workers are among the most important members of the Gulf Coast workforce. When a person working offshore or on a vessel is injured, the effects on their family can be devastating. At the King Firm, we are proud to have experience with these types of cases and make it a priority to see that our clients receive just compensation and are treated fairly. If you've been injured, don't play the game of claims with the insurance companies. Ring the King at 504-909-KING or 888-241-8766. With Early Paycheck, you can get your direct deposit up to two days earlier. That's another reason banking with Capital One is the easiest decision ever. Even easier than deciding to open the biggest birthday gift first. Happy birthday to you. Which one are you going to open first? The pony. Yep, even easier than that. Plus, with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is banking with Capital One even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. No fees or minimums on new consumer accounts. Capital One and AIM member FDIC. Progressive Motorcycle presents Road Wisdom from the Motor. Half man, half motorcycle. Ride confidently in the direction of your dreams. Unless it's a bad dream. Then turn around. Go the other way. Progressive Motorcycle also presents basic policy starting at $79 a year. Progressive Motorcycle for those who were born to ride. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates. Annual premium for basic liability policy is not available in all states. That man's got some stones. Believe me, he is no wuss. His legend lives on. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Hi, Saints fans are just posting up there. At ESPN Radio, no like GCAT underscore one seven. How many games can or will Saints win of the remaining five? I honestly can't tell you. I don't know. At the Jets, at the Bucks, host the Dolphins and Panthers, at the Falcons. That's it for your regular season. Jimmy, thank you for holding on. Sir, what do you got for us? Hey, how's it going, Gus? Doing well, man. Hey, man. 
Congratulations. It sounds like Miles Brennan is coming to Hattiesburg to play for Southern Miss. I'm seeing it on the message boards for LSU. Mm-hmm. He has enrolled at Southern Miss. So uh, you're going to have oh, Frank nice. Gore Jr., Miles yeah, dude, uh, it hasn't broken officially, but that's what all the message boards are saying. And uh, congr- he's going to have one year at, at uh, in Hattiesburg, and that's it. So I guess he's trying to make a, a run for the pros. Uh, had some bad luck, but um, as far as the Saints' quarterback situation goes, this I'm looking at it strictly mathematically. Uh, you know, Simeon is uh, 0-4 as a starter. Now, granted, he had a great game in the dome in relief to Winston when Winston got hurt, what, in the first, second quarter. I, I, I give him credit. He looked very good there. He beat Brady. Um, you know, he was very serviceable. Mm-hmm. Since then, you know, we're 0-4. We played some rough teams. But to say that we need to toss out Taysom, it's like, man, look, I'm a Taysom Hill fan. Now, did he push through? Is he an Iron Man for pushing through that injury? Yes. Mm-hmm. I think that has a lot to do with the fact that he knows He's an honorable man. He knows he's getting paid a lot of money with the new contract. He knows that he might only have one shot at this as a starting quarterback, which I think is what he's been going for for a while. I know a lot of people poo-poo on that and say he's not a starting NFL quarterback or even a quarterback. But on some level, Gus, are are we deep-sixing him considering how many injuries we have across the roster? Now, don't get me wrong. I think we should play him. But to say, hey, look, this is all Taysom Hill's fault when we have this many injuries. I mean, Ramchek Armstead was out. Uh, now Harris is out for the next game. Cam Jordan's out for the right. next game. Right. Uh, Michael Thomas has been out all mm-hmm. season. Uh, you name it. I mean, like, and we know the wide receivers are, you know, they're not getting separation. They don't have any speed. Uh, we had a guy, I think his name was Prentice, starting in the game uh, last week, uh, blocking for Taysom. And they got him off the street like a week earlier. So he was on the run. He was playing through an injury. He threw four interceptions. But everyone's saying, like, look, he is not a quarterback. He had a horrible game. Look, he's 3-2 and two as a starter, Gus. Like your uh, previous guest said, look, I, I want to see what Ian Book has. But as far as I'm concerned, let's, let's let Taysom start. It's going to be bad uh, weather conditions against the Jets up there. It's going to be cold, windy, and wet from what I'm hearing going to be ideal for a guy like Taysom. If he can uh, muster the energy through his uh, injury to, to play this game, sure. I'm all for it. I support him. But, I mean, to say that, like, look, he's done as a quarterback considering how many injuries we have, I think in some ways he's being deep six, uh, you know, starting with this lineup. Because it's just, it's. I mean, Simeon had more weapons than, than, than Taysom has now. So I want to get your take on that. And, and yes, congratulations to Miles Brennan coming to your Alma mater. Mm-hmm. I'll say this, man. First off, uh, as the Southern Miss thing goes, I I love Will Hall. Obviously, seeing him here at Tulane and covering him for a little bit, uh, got to know him a little bit, and I, I think it's a he's a good coach. They have no players and they have no quarterbacks. Again, Frank Gore Jr., son of Frank Gore, played quarterback the last two games. Running back, Frank Gore. They had no quarterbacks, literally. Due to injury, all the starting quarterbacks, all the scholarship quarterbacks, all the whatever quarterbacks, they were, they were all gone. Anyway, so um, look, I think with Miles, especially in a situation like that, he would instantly be, to say a cut above the rest, would be, you know, an understatement. I, I think he could excel. Now, 
They block for him. He's got some guys to catch the ball and stuff. I, I think it'd be good. At the end of the day, you just want to be able to show and prove that you're healthy. You can make some plays. And I've always said this. If you're good enough, they will find you. And to Jimmy's point about trying to make a run for the pros, look, go somewhere, get, I mean, he, he'll start. I can't imagine that right now he, he'd have to have the competition. If he's healthy, Will Hall's going to go to him. And he can put up some numbers. If he can put up some numbers, it, I mean, again, you're looking at some of the top quote unquote quarterback prospects of the first round this year. Liberty, Nevada. I mean, those are those schools. It's, it's not, Big-name Power 5 schools. And I'm not saying Pitt isn't, but Pitt as well. You, know, you don't think of Pitt almost every year as a you know quarterback-producing school. But, you know, again, I, I was watching Countdown, you know, Sunday NFL Countdown on ESPN. And they literally had a package on how this year there likely may not be a quarterback taken in the top 10. That's nuts. But that gives you an idea. So, you know, is he a first rounder or second rounder? I don't know. But if there's that much of a need to try to find some, get in there, Jimmy. Try to prove your way and go ahead and do that. As far as Taysom goes, and if you're ready to give up on him or not, again, I like I've said sort of with the Pelicans in the past couple of weeks, hard for me to give an overall grade, a conclusive feeling on Griffin's job with the roster this year, Willie Green, if this starting five is garbage or not, because you legitimately don't have a player that puts up 20 to 30 points a game. And until he gets back, it's going to be hard for me to fully do that. I can see certain things that are positive and others that aren't. I mean, Jimmy, I think you'd agree with me too. I mean, I, I do like some of the players and some of the moves they made. Jones seems to be an absolute solid pick. Um, but you're you're trying to get some playing time right now for Trey Murphy. That could be an understandable thing, being a rookie, not getting many minutes. And in today's NBA, you could sort of somewhat see that. Disappointing that you're having to do that with Jackson Hayes. I think that's a fair statement. Disappointing. This this. This deep from or, or this many years in the league since being drafted. And again, that's why I said yesterday when I was speaking with Daniel, I wasn't trying to be ugly. I wasn't trying to um, be disparaging. I just, I legitimately ask a question to anybody that covers the pills. What, what is Jackson Hayes' game? Like, what are you working on? What do you want him to be? What does he excel at? Other than athleticism. Congratulations. But what is he using that for? Is he, is he developing into a shot blocker? Do you want him to develop to an alley-oop guy? Do you want him to develop guy that runs off the, you know, set screens, pick and roll? Like, what what exactly is his game? Baseline jumper. We're going to work on the elbow. We're going to work finger roll, you know, Kareem skyhook. Like, what are we doing? And I don't mean, like, they're not trying. I'm just saying, though, I think if you're going to try to get him some games, like, I, he's got to try to do one thing better than anything else. That will get him minutes. Example, Jimmy, as you see, Bailey Hernan Gomez right now. You cannot take him out. Why? Double-digit rebounds. That's something that maybe Jackson hasn't thought about. Go be a rebounding machine. Get work on the offensive part of the game. And quite honestly, this is an example as well, too. 
NBA teams will put you out there if you can defend, if you can rebound, if you can affect and impact the game. Herbert Jones, no one even talks about whether or not this guy can give you 20 or 15 or double-digit points. But he he's a player you cannot have on the court. Not not have on the court. Because he impacts the game in so many other areas. Knows where to run on and off the floor to create space. Little simple things like that. I'm going to run over here, get out the way. That'll take my defender. It creates a hole. Somebody like B.I. or stuff can go in there and knock down a jumper. Little things like that. Is that what Jackson needs to work on? How can I impact the game like that? Hernan Gomez, double-digit boards. I, I, I have to have him in there. He is your backup center. He impacts the game. He goes to the free throw line. He makes free throws. He can make some shots. He's smart. He can pass. Like That's the things that Jackson needs to work on. Like What, what is it you want to do? So that's disappointing. Never good when we're talking about which is the worst trade, the Bledsoe or the Bulls with Temple and Sadoransky. I mean, again, never good. So you can sort of make that assessment, Jimmy. Um, I don't know, man. It's, it's frustrating. But again, separated by a parking lot, two completely different situations. I mean, the Saints legitimately, you can, you, you can next man up me all you want. It's at the, at some point, there's only so many next man ups you can do against other teams that aren't next man upping you, right? And when it comes to the Pels, guys like Temple and Sadoransky and all those guys aren't going to see and probably won't see nearly the minutes, much less start once Zion comes back. When that happens, I don't know. We'll see as uh, the Pels will be wrapping up practice here in a little bit, and we'll see what Willie Green has to, to say, any updates or what have you. They'll be playing the Nuggets tomorrow. We'll take a quick break, and we'll delve in a little bit deeper with the New Orleans Saints. Still to come at the top of the hour, play some head coach Sean Payton. He spoke yesterday in his Monday conference call, so we'll have what he had to say there. And he touched on lo- losing Deontay Harris. The team is going to be without their leading receiver for the next three games. The suspension coming due to the DWI arrest that took place in July. 800-998-1003 at ESPN Radio NOLA. If you'd like to chime into the conversation here as well. And also, any old cannot believe, seriously, two or three, Matt Jones, he completed two passes last night, and the Patriots won. <laughs> the Patriots won. We can touch on what Jimmy was saying, too, with the quarterback and Amy as well. Um, when would it be, Ian, book time for you? And would it be fair? Again, I think you got to get some players back before you throw that kid in there. Sports Hangover continues next. New home for Pelicans basketball, ESPN New Orleans. I'm throwing caution. What's it gonna be? Tonight the winds of change are blowing wild and free. If I don't get out of this town, I just might be the one who finally burns it down. Let's play everyone's favorite game, Mississippi Mudslinging, where Mississippi casinos spend big and wide to St. Tammany voters. First question, Mississippi casinos are saying a yes vote for Camellia Bay could mean other casinos in St. Tammany. Is this fact or fiction? Well, it was on Facebook. It's one big lie. The December vote authorizes just one resort at one slide L location. Our Constitution requires a parish-wide vote every time a casino tries to move. Next question. Mississippi casinos are calling Camellia Bay a truck stop casino. Are they right or wrong? They're wrong. It's no truck stop. 
Camellia Bay has a four-star hotel. They've got a convention center. And a lazy river. You're all correct. St. Tammany, don't let Mississippi have all the fun. Mississippi casinos are funding a campaign of lies to keep you from getting what they already have. Paid for by the North Shore Winds. In the aftermath of Hurricane Ida, it is obvious that our community has taken a big hit. As we all rebuild and come together in the best of ways, the way we do it in South Louisiana, helping our neighbors, family, and especially local businesses, Home Attractor and John Deere would like to thank all of our customers for their business, supporting, and understanding while we work through the damage with plans to be better than ever as a business and a community. Home Attractor is open for business and here to serve our community. We have new John Deere equipment to help get the work done. Home Attractor at the foot of the tunnel on the east side. On August 29, 2021, Hurricane Ida wreaked havoc on our community, leaving thousands of people feeling helpless, vulnerable, and desperate. We refuse to let insurance companies do the same. At AMO Trial Lawyers, we have assembled a team of not only attorneys, but also contractors, adjusters, engineers, and estimators with the focus of maximizing your claim value and assisting in your recovery. If you think your insurance company isn't treating you fairly, get a name that insurance companies know by calling 985 985- 446-3333. I'm Matt Ori. And I'm David Ardwin. And we are the AMO Advantage. It's 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Back being the Tiger. Frank Wilson, in case you missed it earlier in the show, opened up with the news that he resigned. As coach over at McNeese, Frank Wilson is back at LSU as uh, a member of Brian Kelly's staff. John, thanks for joining us here, sir. How are you? I'm doing well, Gus. Thank you so much for taking my call. I Mm -hmm. hope you're doing well as well. I am, man. Thank you. I just want to say very quickly, and I'm going to touch on a few different things that you've been talking about, but first with the Pelicans, uh, I will agree with you that that the Jackson Hayes – I guess Saga, if you would put it, has been a little disappointing to, to see as a Pelican fan when he came in with the draft class with Zion, and it was mm-hmm. so much potential and hype. Um, I will say, though, I, I'm still a firm believer, and when you pose the question, like, w- what is his game? Yeah. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I see him developing, if he puts the time to it, he could be like a Jarrett Allen-esque type player. Now, I'm not saying he's going to be Jarrett Allen sure. because that guy is – a freak, but just the style and he plays, the size, the build, the frame. I mean, he does remind me of Jared Allen. If he could develop uh, 50% of what Jared Allen is off the bench, I-, I think he would be a huge production for the Pelicans. I think that's what he needs to be because, mm-hmm. quite frankly, that's relatively a simple game. And I know he's still raw, and he hasn't played basketball for that long. You know, he's still a re- relatively newer you know, player to the game, obviously, this is his third season. But coming into the draft, he had only played two or three seasons of basketball in high school and then college. So, you know, he's still – felt like he's grown up playing this game. But it's a very simple game that Jared Allen has with, you know, a high stream pick and roll, rolling to yeah. the basket. And yeah. that's what Jared Allen could do. And that's what Jackson Hayes could do. John, uh, I'm with you. Just a quick interruption because I, I think that's something that I, – I, I don't know. I, I... – I'm not saying it's simple to where I don't think it will take nearly as long to do that, but that's not, that, that's something like I'm asking, you know, and I think would be great. Okay, look, let's work on a pick and roll here. Like, be the pick and roll guy off the bench, you know, you and 
Kyra Lewis every day. Go work on that. Start on an elbow. When he <laughs> drives to one end, you roll to the other side. Work on that. Like that. I'm with you. His athleticism and his height, that would be hard to defend, to be honest with you, right? If you put him in some it space, is. gave him one or two steps, and now he's above the rim. You could do alley-oops. You can do passing out of that on the block. I mean, like, and I'm not saying they're not trying to do that. I don't know. I, I'll ask Todd or Daniel or Antonio Daniels, whoever's at practice, I can watch him do that. You know, like, what are they trying to develop him to be? Um, because I think that'd be the best way to get on the court. What what can you do specifically, you know, because that's what gotten Hernan Gomez on there. He, he's going to board. He's going to make passes. He's going to make the right play. Like, you, that right. that's hard right. to take I, off I the court. I agree wholeheartedly, and it just comes down to, and we've talked about it before, is, you know, he's got to commit himself to the game. But, you know, he's got the intangibles, especially on the defensive end is what I love, because he can play the perimeter. I mean, that's a very skill that not a lot of big men have, that he can play one through five, in my opinion. Like, he can guard the perimeter. He's long enough. He can, you know, he's got the length, and and that's something that is a plus for him. But on the offensive end, he's really got to commit himself to to developing. But I will say on on a side note, um, you look at other pieces that have grown. I just want to mention it because I've been, I don't want to say a hater, but I was not a firm believer in the pick since he was drafted. But, but Kyra Lewis has definitely developed over the last 10 to 12 games into a, a, a legitimate backup point guard for this team. He's, he's learned how to play. He's, he's using his speed now, and he's really passing the ball as well. And he's pretty much starting to develop a shot a little bit as well. So, I just want to throw that out there. And then you had mentioned Garrett Temple and Sadarinsky. When the Lonzo trade initially happened, obviously the initial reaction was we got robbed. Mm-hmm. Um, but as the season progressed, especially Garrett Temple, he's just a high-character quality guy. Sure. And it, it really does show, you know, at, at least, you know, we got a solid veteran out of that. Uh, obviously, it's not ideally. But I, I will say that, that when the trade initially happened, I was – a hundred percent, like this is horrible. But to be honest, it really hasn't been awful. Garrett Temple is an awesome addition to the team as a leader and a veteran. I don't disagree with you on that. I think that is a very key part of having somebody that can do that with such a young team. And again, I think because of injuries, I think his role. Is is one that can is a contributor, right? Somebody like that. Like I don't envision that that was probably the vision for Garrett Temple when that move was made of him being a starter. I, I you know, does that make sense? Because I just I need more than five points. John is what I, I mean. Right, I need more than right. five. No, but coming right. off, giving me twelve to thirteen in key moments, key stops, fourth quarter. You know, end of the first half, start the third. Talk to my guys on the bench. Be that guy on the bus. Be that guy at the hotel. You know, show me how to do it. Th- those things. Other players have mentioned that Garrett Temple is that guy. So, I I like the addition. It's just, again, situations have made it to where he needs to do a lot more or he needs to be more than what I think he, he's capable at this point in his career, if that makes sense. It does. Uh, last thing, Gus, I just yeah. wanted to get your uh, opinion on this. Is uh, Sunday night watching the game was disheartening um, when you realize that Gordon and Wood, both former Pelicans, combined for 46 and had eight total threes together when the Pels had 10. I want to ask you, uh, at this current stage, is, is 
the addition of Zion, it's not as the season salvageable. But do you find that as you know we get later on in the season, should the Pelicans consider maybe starting to buy in even without Zion playing, or do you think they'll be a little more remiss when the trade deadline comes around, or you know do you have to kind of play the waiting game and see what Zion looks like with the team, and then maybe buy in, or like, how do you expect that to happen? I know it's early. Mm-hmm. But just, you know, is there any thoughts you may have on that? Are you talking about, like, buying in in terms of, like, at the trade deadline, like, adding? Right. Just, no. Are you a buyer or are you a seller? Are you going to kind of sit on your I, hands? Or <laughs> John, I, tell? Yeah, I think, honestly, obviously, I think when you get closer to that, you'll have a better idea. And, and I mean by that in this aspect, until I know when Zion's coming back, you know, is it two weeks? Is it a week? Is it next month? It's at the end of this month. And then I, I think I realistically, I don't you think you have to at least give it a month? 15 games? 10 games? Like, how many games? I'm asking you, John. How many games does Zion with Valanchunas, Brandon Ingram, Devontae Graham, and I, I'm throwing in Herb Jones. That'd be my starting five. How many games do you need to see that starting five together? Before I I can decide, I need to add. now. Now I'm talking about like like you're saying buying and selling. I, I could see them maybe try to get some ancillary pieces or something like that. But I mean, are you talking like a a big move or something like that? I just don't know. I don't know you can do that just yet. Does that make sense? Right, and, and I just mentioned that because it, it's the mindset of obviously right now everybody talks about oh well can the Pels get to that tenth seed right and if Zion's injuries prolong the way it is like when you get to the trade deadline do you try to get pieces that say hey we're going to try to make the playoffs even if Zion isn't healthy or is it just we have to wait for Zion that's what I I you know kind of was hitting at is is do you think that they will try to continue to develop this team to try to make the playoffs or do they wait for Zion and then analyze okay now we got to go for the playoffs so you're dead last in the west right seven and nineteen Oklahoma has seven wins. The Rockets have seven, but they're playing better winning. San Antonio, eight. That's your bottom four. The Kings, outside of the 10th spot, at 11 spot, with 10 wins. Three wins away from you. In the East, Detroit has four wins. Orlando, five wins. So the battle for the best possible lottery pick. I'm not saying we're thinking that. I'm just telling you December 7th, right now, Detroit has the best odds, being with four wins, then Orlando, and then it's the Pels. So, if Zion's not playing for the month, and they're not at 10, 11 wins, would you buy? I wouldn't. Just right, me. I agree with you. Just yep. me. I, that, that's- just me. I... I there's just a certain player or two that I wouldn't mind having, you know, with a uh, top two, three pick, maybe even the top pick overall. I'm just, again, right. I hate to think that way. I'm just being realistic, man. They have 19 losses. You have to get to 500 before you even try to get me to believe that you're a playoff team and, and, and you're buying it. That's, 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 that's going to be difficult right now. Right, right. You know? I agree with you guys. Thank you so much for taking my call. Big fan of the show, as always. Hey, man, I appreciate you submitting your your thoughts, man. Thank you so much. 
Jeff, I see you, and I hit the top of the hour. So let me break. We'll be back in three minutes. I'll come right to you. It's the Sports Hangover, hour one in the books on ESPN New Orleans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 